0: to find out if it's right for you.
1: The day we received the call, my name is Alex, a seasoned police officer, and together with National Guard Sergeant Ramirez, we were chosen to lead a team of skilled officers and soldiers into a remote forest. Our mission was simple, capture or kill the dangerous predator that had been terrorizing hikers and campers. Little did we know the horror that awaited us. As we ventured deeper into the woods, a sense of unease settled over our group. We soon realized that we were not only facing a cunning and lethal adversary, but also an unknown entity that seemed to be manipulating the environment against us. Trees swayed menacingly, shadows danced in our peripheral vision, and chilling whispers filled the air. We knew we were dealing with something far beyond our understanding. Our team encountered a series of terrifying incidents that revealed the Predator's true nature, a supernatural being born from the shadows of the forest, feeding off the fear of its victims. As our group's ranks were picked off one by one, Ramirez and I began to understand the Predator's sinister game. It was not only hunting us, but also luring us deeper into the woods, where an ancient evil awaited. We knew we had to act fast. Rallying our remaining forces, Ramirez and I led our team further into the heart of darkness, determined to confront the unknown predator and put an end to its reign of terror. But as we pressed on, the haunting memories of our past traumas threatened to overwhelm us, and we knew we had to face our own fears if we were to survive this deadly game. As the final confrontation approached, we uncovered the dark truth behind the creature's origins and its connection to the land. This supernatural predator was a harbinger of a much greater ancient evil, one that had been awakened by the creature's presence. We knew we had to face this abomination, even if it meant risking everything. Our team fought with every ounce of courage and determination we could muster, battling not only the predator but also the primal force that had been unleashed upon the world. Amidst the chaos and destruction, Ramirez and I found strength in each other, pushing ourselves beyond our limits to protect our team and ensure the survival of countless innocent lives. In the end, we emerged victorious, vanquishing the ancient evil and sending the Predator back into the shadows from whence it came. Our mission was complete, but the scars we bore would serve as a constant reminder of the horrors we had faced. As we returned to our daily lives, Ramirez and I vowed to never forget the lessons we had learned in that remote forest. We knew we had faced the unthinkable and had emerged stronger for it. And though the world may never know the full extent of our battle, we took solace in the knowledge that we had confronted the darkness and lived to tell the tale. My name is Gabriel Santos Cabral. I am 20 years old now, and my encounter happened when I was 6 years old, turning 7. Back then, my family and I lived in a country stead, in Londrina, Parana, Brazil. It wasn't a rural property, it was more like a country summer house, but in the city. The property was just outside the suburbs, in the northwestern part of the city, edging the city limits and nearing the country. It was an approximately 420 square meters, 502 square yards piece of land, surrounded by two meter, six, five feet walls, for more privacy. The house sat in a far corner of the property with a good view of the surroundings, 90, 95% view of the whole property from the front porch of the house. The region, Northern Parana, where the city lies, resembles Southern Missouri or Northeastern Kansas, but it's tropical rather than temperate subtropical. The city is a metropolitan area with a population of 486.000 plus people. It would resemble Wichita, Kansas, or Kansas City, Minnesota. The landscape is fairly flat, with some hills. The scenery is little vegetation, with only some parks and nature preserves, none big enough to have a decent population of any medium, large animal species whatsoever. There are no bears in Brazil, and the largest predators found in the wild are the main wolf, the southern South American cougar, and the Pantanal jaguar, none of which, really, could be identified as what I saw. My encounter was brief, but it was clear enough for me to make out the shape of the creature, its color, size, etc. So, on to the encounter. It was Friday, October 18, 2002. It was mid-spring in the South Hemisphere, and that night there was a full moon with relatively cloudy skies. We had a dozen dogs on the property, which all slept together in a large kennel on the side of the house. They would be pretty quiet at night, but on that night they were unsettled and spooked. One of the dogs managed to escape from the kennel and was desperately trying to get into the house. I was alone with my mom and she asked me to turn on the floodlights outside the house and check out what all of the, what the commotion was about. I did that and went to the front porch to scan the area, trying to see what could have scared the dogs. Staring at the corner, where we had a mango tree 9,120 meters 98, 130 yards away, I saw this large, grayish creature running on all fours, avoiding the lights. It passed behind the mango tree and disappeared in the dark. As I saw it, I immediately identified it as being a werewolf, like that from the movie Bad Moon 1996, but with a slightly larger head, thicker snout, and bulkier build. On its hind legs, it must have stood, at the very least, as tall as the property walls two meters, or six five feet. I stand one seventy-four meter, or five seven feet, by the way. I froze for a few seconds after seeing it. It was a brief sighting, It lasted two minus three seconds, and as soon as I recovered from the shock, I sprinted as fast as I could back into the house, locked all of the doors, and closed the windows that were still open. I was familiarized with werewolf movies back then. I was already aware of the impossibility of there being someone who could shapeshift into a monster, but what I saw was unmistakably similar to a werewolf. So, since that encounter, I started to believe in werewolves, only under the same concept of dogmen which are natural, rather than supernatural. And look the way they do 24-7, a term which I only came across recently. And, that is the encounter I had, with a dogman. Just like in the US, where there are places where sightings are frequent, there are places in Brazil where they happen frequently too. In the U.S., it would be Elkhorn, Taylor, and Marshall, Texas. In Brazil, it would be Jonopolis and Tres Lagoas. Jonopolis has had sightings of werewolves, dogmen ever since its foundation. Its first mayor was said to be a werewolf, back in the mid-late 1,800 seconds. The town is filled with werewolf references. Tres Lagoas has had many sightings, ever since the late 1980s divided by early 1990s. There was a series of nights in this small city in the 1990s where people claimed that a werewolf was roaming the streets. At night, after dark, trying to invade houses, climbing on roofs and howling all night long, scaring people's dogs and attacking livestock. It really scared people. The state police began reinforcing night patrols and started investigating, assuming that someone was out at night in a suit, scaring people. Some cryptozoologists even collected DNA samples. As it turned out, it wasn't human DNA or that of any known animal. And it certainly wasn't artificial hair from a suit. So to begin, this story happened back in 2018. I arrived in this small, rural town near Cape May. The company I was working for at the time was sending me out to go door to door, advertising cable and Wi-Fi that they wanted me to sell. I was getting weird vibes all throughout the day as the town itself was very small and a bit creepy, with people staring at me or giving me the cold shoulder for the entire day. It seemed like a lot of the townsfolk that I encountered that day were on edge, and it was a weird tense atmosphere that I shrugged off as people are weird all the time. I continued doing my job, chugging a red bull to keep me going, which didn't affect me at all surprisingly. Besides the weird atmosphere, the scenery was actually quite pretty once you got off of the main road. I had to stop at different streets, and somewhere in the woods on long and seemingly beautiful endless roads. It was quite scenic. Just before sunset, I was scheduled to visit a few houses on a small peninsula. To get to this peninsula you had to go down a very long road, past a summer camp area, past a trailer park, past the woods, and then you finally find yourself in a small open area with a bay marsh, a couple small expensive houses, and shore access. The houses were so close to the water it seemed to be a code violation, but I'm sure they were built to withstand storms since they looked so expensive. Every house had its own theme and the area was mostly deserted. Only one house had someone inside, whom I had talked to after knocking on his door. I was so distracted looking at the houses and scenery that I didn't notice how fast sunset was approaching. I came to the realization that I should start heading back to avoid being alone on that long deserted pathway in the woods. As a smaller female, I'm never comfortable after dark in isolated places, especially without self-service. I was making my way down the path, so far so good, as it wasn't completely dark yet. As I approached the wooded area of the road, I was walking a bit faster, since there were no street lights and the sunlight was rapidly disappearing. As I walked at a decently fast pace, I noticed something. The woods were eerily quiet. All the life that I was hearing before was gone. No crickets, no birds, just pure silence. I stopped in my tracks and got chills down my spine as I felt the feeling that I was being watched. I looked around the dark woods for any sudden movements and then, like clockwork, something up ahead made its way out of the tree line. It looked to be some type of large animal. My brain went into overdrive analyzing whatever this animal was. Was it a bear? A dog? No, it looked like a large dog. But dogs don't get this big. Though I was intimidated by its large size, whatever it was hadn't noticed me. Even though I was scared, I also didn't want to walk back and go into that one man's house. As a woman, I would rather take my chances with a wild animal than be alone with a man I don't know in a deserted holiday neighborhood suddenly as i was thinking this the large animal in the distance had finally noticed my presence it was observing me not entirely sure of what to do with me there wasn't enough light anymore for me to see the animal's face but i felt unusually frightened whatever i was looking it was definitely too big to be a black bear with a shoulder height of at least five feet on all fours which is comparable in size to a brown bear the mass on this creature was extensive, as the outline of what I could see looked like a wolf on steroids. It was very muscular. I also noticed that the outline of its face was very similar to that of a German Shepherd or a wolf, as it had perked ears and a long snap. In the heat of the moment, I could only hear the sound of my heart palpitating as fear and adrenaline started to crawl its way into my bloodstream. It felt as if time stood still, and then it dawned on me. What I was looking at wasn't a normal animal, and it was simply too big to be any animal that I could recognize from New Jersey's catalog of fauna. And if it wanted to attack me, I would be powerless against it. It was simply too big. Though, to calm myself down, I threw the idea that this creature was out of the ordinary out because I felt like this could be rationalized somehow. I made my brain go back to the idea of this being maybe being a large dog or coyote. I also did not believe in cryptids, and was completely unaware of what size coyotes are supposed to be, so I made a quick decision. Realizing that this could very well be a life or death situation, I came to the conclusion that this very large dog-like creature was probably a skittish coyote that I could scare off, at least temporarily, to calm down my nerves. What other choice did I have? The longer i kept standing there the more aggressive i might come across to this animal and i didn't want it to get territorial or get the idea that i was easy prey so i decided i would make the most hideous loud confusing and startling scream How i could muster and just sprint the rest of the way after i screeched this hideous sound out of my body as hard as i could the animal quickly changed its body language to defensive but then it quickly changed its mind to deciding I wasn't worth a fight as it ran a decent distance into the woods, not too far though. I decided to sprint as fast as I could pass that area, and beyond. I sprinted until I reached the end of the road, and noticed there was a summer camp area with streetlights near me. I rested on top of the table there, out of breath and feeling my heart pound out of my chest. However, I was still very shaken up and still felt like I was being watched. I kept my eyes on the tree line. My eyes were darting around, looking for any sign this animal was still there. Once I felt like the coast was clear, I located the next house I was scheduled to visit, and I quickly made my way over. I met a nice family who ended up buying cable from me, and I told them what had happened to me that night and how I was treated by the locals. The lady of the family who I presume to be the mother said I don't know why they sent you out here alone. These woods are dangerous after dark, and there are creepy people who live around here. The impression she was giving me was that there were animal encounters she couldn't explain, and that there were lots of ex-convicts in the area, and people who should have been arrested but haven't been. She was equally concerned about the people as she was the animals around this place. This gave me goosebumps. How many times today could my life have been taken? They were extremely concerned for my safety and told me to contact my team leader so I could get picked up. They said they didn't want me to go outside again, and that I should call it quits for the night and not make it to any other houses. Till this day, and I still have no idea what creature I had encountered. There are strange things in the woods, things people don't speak about or cover up. I felt like the townsfolk of that town knew something about what I encountered. So, weird creature I encountered in those woods, let's never meet again. So I was packed in the Gila wilderness a few miles on a solo elk hunt. This was an area that you had to pack water in, so it was not a friendly place. On the 11th day of the hunt, I was approaching my sawtooth tippy at the end of the day and right before dark. As I neared the tippy, I noticed that it looked like the door was opened up. My first thought was that a bear ripped it open because there are plenty of them in this area. The hair on my neck immediately stood up. I had no side arm, so I grabbed an arrow out of my quiver and continued towards my tippy. To my surprise, the door was not ripped open, but just unzipped. I was thinking WTF. So now I am about twenty feet from the tippy and the evening light had about five to ten minutes left until dark. As I am looking into the tippy I see movement. Then some person sits up inside. Again I was like WTF. At that point I yelled to the F are you and WTF are you doing in my tippy and WTF are you doing in my sleeping bag. He replies I wasn't in your bag I was just laying down on top. I got lost and I thought the owner left it out here and went to town. So he starts to come out of the tippy and as he did I was pointing my arrow at him. I said put your hands where I can see them which he did. This guy looked wicked crazy. Long scraggy black hair. Big yellow teeth and blood all over his clothes. He was also muttering over and over I didn't do what they said I did. Well just kidding. He looked like a six feet tall 55 year old balding white guy wearing glasses. Dressed in street clothes. Sneakers. No backpack no jacket, no gear at all. He said he was with his friends who had killed an elk earlier that day and he got separated. I fired off a few questions, trying to make heads or tails of his story, but it went in a couple directions and didn't make much sense. Something was not right. As I was questioning him, he just started walking away. I'm like, hey, you can't go without a light. I have a spare light and you can just put it at the junction of the main road and I'll find it but the dude just kept walking away. Now this place is a rocky SOB and the nights at the time were super dark until about 2am. A person would not do well trying to walk around without a light. So the dude started walking away and wouldn't take any help. At that point I thought Oh shit check your gear. I quickly go in the tippy and notice that all my stuff had been moved from where I had placed them and then I see that my dinner water was gone and the effort wasn't on top of my sleeping bag, he was in the darn thing. I ran out of the tippy and shouted some things towards his direction. I was basically out of water and not happy about him drinking my last water for dinner. I know he probably needed it but I needed it as well, I had just covered a bunch of miles that day plus I had been out there busting my ass for eleven days. To wrap this story up, I cleaned my gear the best I could because just the thought of someone in my bag bothered me very much. I had some wet wipes and paper towels but even after that I still felt violated. Now this guy was out there in the darkness and probably wasn't very far away so I left my light on inside the tippy then sat about 20 yards away just watching and listening for about an hour in case he came back. I didn't get much rest that night. Never figuring out what happened on this day has always bugged me. When I was about 10 years old, my younger brother, a friend the same age as me, and I were riding our bikes from my friend's house back to mine. This happened in Florida in the winter time. It was about 8 a.m. in the morning. The temperature was about 4 Fahrenheit, which is on the cold side for Florida. Mine and my friend's houses were about 5 miles apart. The trip could be done on sidewalks along well-traveled roads, but there was a shortcut along a secluded dirt road that ran parallel to the railroad tracks. The distance among this park was about one mile, but it would save about one half mile off the total trip. For this section, there were lots of bushes along the tracks, and sometimes hobos would sleep in the bushes. Our parents warned us not to take this route because there had been cases where the hobos had tried to abduct and possibly succeeded children and sexually abused them. We always assumed that if the hobos tried that with us, we'd be able to get away. About halfway in the middle of this alternate route, which was the most secluded part of the trip, there was corn snake in a ceramic coffee mug in the middle of the dirt road. Being kids, naturally, we stopped to investigate. We poked the snake with a stick, and if it wasn't dead, it was a good actor. Because if that wasn't strange enough, I picked up the coffee mug, which was filled to the brim with coffee and clearly had cream added to it, and the coffee was very hot. I got the creepiest feeling because I felt like we were being baited. I quietly told my brother and friend to get back on their bikes, and they didn't understand my sense of urgency. I held the coffee mug at the ready, and once they were on their bikes, I threw it into the bushes and told my brother and friend to book it, which they did. We never saw anyone, and to this day, I still do not know how someone could have gotten hot coffee into such a secluded area. The hobos were known to make fires, but we did not see or smell one, and on a cold day like that, you can usually smell a fire from a good distance. Seriously, knowing what I've told you, what's the most plausible explanation for what we saw that morning? Anyway, about three nights ago, I saw something that I still can't fully understand or explain. First, a little background. I live in mid-Michigan in a small residential slash suburban town surrounded by cornfields, you know the type. However, I do live in the more populated area as my parents' house, where I currently reside, is located within walking distance of our downtown. Our street is by no means desolate, dark or isolated, and most of the houses are fairly close to one another. A pretty urban setting given the town itself. Okay, back to the other night. It was about 2.30 a.m., and since it's pretty normal for me to be up that late, me and my dog have developed what I call our little routine. He comes to my door, lets out a huff to inform me that he's there, and then we go downstairs where I let him outside through the front door to go to the bathroom. After completing his business, he comes in and we share a share of midnight snack of ham straight from the fridge Law. Now keep in mind, my dog is extremely well trained and very old. He doesn't need a leash or a fence to keep him from running away. He always comes right back after he's done. He'll even wait at the door if you aren't there. So on this particular night, I open the door for him and I'm just about to turn and walk away so I can prepare our midnight snack when I notice he's still standing on the porch staring across the street. This isn't completely out of the norm for him, but this was lasting a bit longer than usual. When he finally jumps off the porch I follow his line of sight where he had been staring and I see what looks like a large dog or maybe even a wolf slinking across my neighbor's yard on the other side of the street. For the first few seconds I'm trying to figure out WTF this thing is because it looks like it could be a dog but something isn't right. It's too long and the way it's moving isn't normal. And even though it was only about 50 feet away, it looked as though it were blurry. I can't think of any other way to describe it. None of it made sense. At this point I go into panic mode because so far this creature hasn't seemed to notice me or my dog, but if it does my dog doesn't stand a chance. Like I said, he's old. And also a Pomeranian. Whatever this thing was, it would destroy him, no doubt. I decide to slowly open the outer glass door, hoping to create just enough noise to alert my dog that it's time to come in, but not enough for whatever that thing is to hear me too. Luckily, my dog notices right away and starts running back towards me, But at the same time, this dog creature starts turning toward me, slowly. It almost felt fake how unnatural it moved, like animatronics or something. I'm not even sure what I'm looking at. But I have this indescribable feeling that I'm not supposed to be seeing this. So, as this thing is turning to look at me, my dog is coming through the door simultaneously. And for about one second, I take my eyes of the creature thing to look down at my dog and close the door. When I look back up, this thing has moved about 30 feet to the left into my neighbor's driveway rather than their yard, and is standing on its hind legs at around 7-8 feet tall, staring at me. Now I'm really freaking out. How did it move so quickly, and how did it not make a single sound? How is it so tall? I literally looked away for maybe a second. I look away again to lock the door and gather myself, only to look again and see absolutely nothing. It was gone. This whole ordeal only lasted maybe 20-30 seconds total. Shaking, I give my dog his ham and mine, and I run downstairs to my brother's room in the basement to tell him what happened. Being a normal 19-year-old playing video games, his response was, why the BTF that's super weird? But honestly, I just needed to tell someone to confirm that what just happened actually happened and that I wouldn't wake up the next day and convince myself it was a dream. Over the last few days, I've told anyone who would listen about what I saw, including my parents. Those who were closer to me seemed a bit more unnerved, because like I mentioned earlier, I don't usually believe in this type of thing. They could tell I was shaken by whatever it was that I saw. Tonight, after some random googling is the result of my restless mind. I came across what appears to be the exact description of what I saw. The Dogman, which eventually led me to this threat. I've never heard anything about it before, but I am now fully convinced I saw one in front of my very own eyes, and it saw me too. This happened back between 2009 to 2011, the people in the story are myself, my ex-girlfriend who I will call Penny, and a friend who I will call Kyle. These aren't their real names, I don't feel comfortable sharing them online. My mother asked us to pick up her cat from the vet around 4 or 5 p.m. one night. As it was winter in the northern Midwest, it was getting dark at around this time, and it was already a bit of a drive to and back from the vet because my mother lived out in the country and the vet was in town. At any rate, we went and got the cat without issue, and after we were to drop it off, myself, Penny and Kyle were going to go see a movie. We get back to my mother's house, the sun is already set for the most part, and it's quite cold. Kyle decided to help me carry the cat inside, while Penny kept the car running to keep the heater going. Kyle liked talking to my mother and wanted to see her before we headed back out to see the movie. Well, we're walking up to the house, and both Kyle and I stopped because we both got this weird feeling at the same time. We figured this out later when we were talking about it. The house is in front of us, and my mother's yard is behind us. It was a big farmhouse, so it had a sprawling front yard we both stood still we felt frozen to the spot by this weird feeling and i looked first and saw something standing behind us in the yard and then kyle looked too the thing had to have been well over six feet three because that's how tall kyle is and it was bigger than him it had a hulking shape with more mass on top than the bottom like a hunchback which kind of just tapered off into shadows so i don't know if it had legs or what they might have looked like the whole thing was pitch black even in the dark. It had no eyes, no discernible features whatsoever as far as facial features go, but I could tell it was huge and very angry. There was just a feeling I was getting off of it that it was mad that we were there, and I could tell it was staring right at us. The only discernible features about it were it had horns, massive horns, like antlers, sticking up off its head, and the hunch in its back seemed to be lumpy and had a regular shake sticking out of it but because it was so dark I couldn't figure out what it was. Neither of us heard a sound from it, it just stood there and menaced us for what felt like minutes, but it can't have been that long. Chalan froze me from the spot, and the two of us darted into my mother's house and delivered her cat. We waited a bit, but after looking outside, didn't see anything out there anymore, and after talking to my mother for a bit, we ran back outside and Penny put on the gas, and we got out of there. We never saw it again after that, but to add a little background on my mother's house, it has always been haunted. The house that is standing there now is a newer built. The older farmhouse that had been there previously had burned down and killed a young boy, a mother, and her older daughter. My mother has had issues with it for a long time. She's had the house blessed on several occasions, but nothing ever sticks. Friends who stay in the house have reported weird stuff happening to them as well, and when I lived there, I also experienced some odd things, but this was the only time this happened. The house is situated in Indiana, near the Sugarloaf Mound, which was used by the Miami natives in Indiana's prehistory. My nephew, an electrician in Portland, heard this on the job. Two electricians who'd gone on annual fall hunting trips with a group of fellow electricians for several years, bowed out of one year's trip at the last minute, and were reluctant to say why. This after they'd taken time off to hunt and bought tags. A year later they again declined to go on the annual hunting trip. One evening after work, one of them was drinking in a tavern when he was pressed as to why he and the other fellow no longer wanted to hunt with their buddies. Reluctantly, he told of the following encounter, these two fellows had gone up in the area to be hunted to do a little pre-trip scouting. After spending the afternoon cruising logging roads, they pulled over on a ridge to watch the sunset, smoke, and talk. They'd been there a while, sitting in the truck, smoking. It had gotten dark when they heard footsteps through the forest passing down one side of the truck, then crunching gravel as it circled out of the woods in front of the truck and stopped. They turned on the headlights to see a giant creature crouched down some distance in front of the truck facing them. It stood up and in a panic they started the truck, threw it in reverse, spun it around and very nearly backed over the embankment. The rear tires actually went over and they had to slam it into 4WD to pull it out. They fled. On the job the next day the other fellow, confronted with the story, confirmed it but wouldn't discuss it. I had separated from my elk hunting party on Green Ridge on the second morning of eld season. I left them a note to where I was going because the elk were thick in the wickiup area the previous year. We weren't seeing anything and I thought I would have better luck if I drove down there. I was driving on FSRD 700 and slowed down as the roads are somewhat narrow. The road tees at FSRD 900, I slowly proceeded to make a right turn and checked for any other rigs that might be coming from the east. I seen then something walking down the middle of the road. I only ignored it for a split second. I stopped slapped my truck in reverse and backed up to the T in the road and took a second look. After over 25 years of hunting, I never had to question anything in the clear like this. I observed what I thought was someone out on a walk, but noticed the stride the creature took was steady and calm. I looked for clothes, a rifle, hat, anything to question otherwise. Well, I see none whatsoever. I also noticed the height was much taller than a human. It was very black. It was walking straight towards me. I estimated about 450 yards to ever take a few between me and it. I totally forgot about my rifle with me which is chambered with a .308-150 grams R load. With telescopic sights, I was mesmerized by what I was actually seeing. As it approached with a steady pace of closing distance it started to make a turn to my left. The arms were long almost down to the knees. I could not make out the gender, but I did notice it was slightly slouched over. It straightened to full height and taking about two half from the center of the road, disappeared in the trees. No sounds were made. I had come to the conclusion without doubt I had just witnessed a Bigfoot in the wilderness. I had reason to believe the height was about eight, nine feet tall. Very broad shoulders. I am sorry, but I wasn't curious enough. To go get a closer look for tracks, etc. I didn't want to take a chance on it turning on me as some have been known to do. Although in an area not too far from there, I hunted for a short while. Problem was, there was neither a hint of a bird, squirrel, or even a chipmunk. This is unusual in a hunting situation. I am thankful that in my case, my encounter was distant enough to go a different direction, and he can go his. I haven't really gone down there since. This is my first official report of going on the record about this. Anyone who knows me well will tell you I am a very credible person and this is a subject I take seriously. There was a report on the news about one year earlier almost exactly of an encounter with another elk hunter near La Pine.